0: It's infield to Mare, 25 yards out. Lovely ball for Pella. Onside, 1-0. Blue shot! Oh my word! It unbelievable. He ran around a bit like Bambi on ice. Very, very embarrassing to watch. And now, your host, Matt Markstone. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. My name is Matt Markson. I'm the host of the show. No matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, whether this is your first time or you've been here before, thank you for making the show a part of your day. I hope that you enjoy it. And a couple quick announcements before we get to this week's interview with Kurt Zottle. There's been an addition to the Southampton Delivery um, family ecosystem, whatever you want to call it. Uh, the new website is up and running at southamptondelivery.com. And that is only made possible by the contributions of those at patreon.com slash SFC delivery, such as Justin Woodward. Uh, Justin recently signed up uh, and is the newest member of the Patreon community. And because of his contribution, we were able to launch the website as well as the new weekly newsletter that will come out later this week. So if you are enjoying the show uh, and you're interested in stuff like that, go ahead and head over to the website, sign up for the newsletter, and we'll be in contact with you later this week. And that kind of does it for the good news. Because what happened at the weekend wasn't great, whether it was on the pitch where we looked like we may have been playing under Claude Puel or even worse. And in the stands where we had fans doing some unsavory things, but at least the club reacted quickly. Uh, The fans around them reacted quickly. Uh, And everybody knows that that is not what this club stands for. That is not what the fans stand for. And nobody thinks that's appropriate. So whether it was just too many drinks, whether it was, it doesn't matter what it was. It's not appropriate. But yes, that's that's that. And I'm glad that's over with and hopefully, um, you know, others and even if there were others around him who may have thought that was appropriate, hopefully the message has been sent loud and clear that that's not what the fans stand for. uh, The majority of us anyway, and every fan base has people like that, but that I think that that sums that up just fine. As I mentioned earlier, Kurt Zottel joins me this week. Kurt is on Twitter at Kurt Zottle, and he also hosts a podcast called The BSO Show. That's on Twitter and Instagram at The BSO Show. So if you're interested in staying up to date with a range of sports, not just any one particular sport, uh, give the show a follow, see what you think, and uh, hopefully you enjoy that as well. But Kurt and I talk about uh, the match, obviously, against Cardiff City, the failure to pick up points. Uh, we look at everything from the team selection to the lack of squad depth to... Um, you know, uh, we have to talk about Jack Stevens uh, carelessly giving the ball away, but we will talk about all of that over the course of the show. We'll answer your questions and more. And one thing that we, we didn't mention and, and partially because I didn't really pick up on it until afterwards was Ryan Bertrand is back. We did talk about that. I did notice that he was in the team, um, but Hoiberg remained captain. And that's, that was something that I was interested in looking at uh, a little bit and I think we'll have to see how that plays out, whether Hoiberg is really the long-term captain or whether Bertrand gets it back or or how it goes. So um, anyway, that was one thing that uh, we didn't talk about that I kind of was was at least thinking about afterwards and figured it was worth mentioning here. So anyway, uh, let's get to the interview now. Hopefully you enjoy the show and hopefully you'll check out the new website at southamptondelivery.com. All right, Uh, we'll talk to you on the other side. We'd like to welcome to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, Kurt Zottel. You can find him on Twitter at Kurt Zottel. It's in the show notes if you uh, want to check it out. He's the host of the BSO podcast and he's a fan of Saints and he's here to talk about a disappointing game. I would say good afternoon or good evening, but I'll just say evening. And uh, how are you doing, Kurt?
1: I'm doing good. Obviously, a little upset about the results today, but you know, happy to be on
0: the show with you. Thank you for having me on. Ah, it's my pleasure. It's, I appreciate you reaching out and, and coming on and uh, we talked a little bit before. I listened to your show, and it's not soccer specific or football specific, but um, you know, you guys cover a, a lot of stuff. But um, why don't I mean, just for anybody who who doesn't hasn't heard it or whatever, what is uh, the BSO podcast and and what is it about, and and where can people find it if they were interested in that?
1: So yeah, I do my uh, own podcast, joined by a couple of my buddies from school. So it is called the BSO podcast, which you can find on uh, Anchor on apple and google podcasts spotify and then there's a couple more small websites or apps but those are the main ones uh if you're interested um so we do cover all sports we cover uh football basketball soccer baseball etc and then we just all just give our thoughts and reactions on it and we just you know having a good time about it um we did start in uh september so it's been going on for about uh, five or six months now. And it's been great. So, uh, having a lot of fun with it,
0: obviously. Yeah. And you guys are putting out, I think for a lot, a lot of the time, two episodes a week and yeah. uh, staying pretty timely with the uh, trade deadlines and stuff. And so, um, it was interesting when you guys got into, I would say college football and maybe college basketball, just stuff that I don't pay attention to. So I was like, I was, I had to, I had to really pay attention to, to keep up with it, but, um, it was, it was good. I, I enjoyed, uh, you guys kind of breaking down. Everything from the World Series to the the NBA trade, or not the World Series, the uh, the Super Bowl to the NBA trade deadline and all that stuff. So, um, so yeah, I appreciate you you doing that. And i I think everybody who listens to the show probably knows I really like podcasts, so uh, it's one more uh-huh. to to kind of check out. But let's talk a little bit about about you. And I mean, the question that always comes up whenever we talk to a fan that's in the U.S. about this team is is you know how how did you I guess, come to to support Saints over some of maybe the other teams that you're definitely kind of more exposed to, I guess.
1: It's actually kind of a funny story how I grew up and supported Southampton. So I was about, honestly can't remember the age, maybe he was like 11 or 12. Um, honestly, could have been a little bit older, but um, we were playing Chelsea at Stamford Bridge and I had no team to support at the time. Like I was just, a lot of people were choosing teams, obviously in the top six, like, Man City, Chelsea, Manchester United, et cetera. So I didn't really want to be one of those. I kind of wanted to be different in a way. So um, we were, Southampton was playing at Stamford Bridge. And I remember Stadio Mane, I wish he was still on the team, but uh, scored in like the first 20 minutes. Um, It's kind of, I can't remember it exactly. But then like from that moment, like I just, as a joke, I kind of was supporting him just because I was like, that's him. But then, like, as I started to actually learn about the team, I realized that it was actually a very fun team to support. Obviously, we are a much better team. We were in a top six situation, top eight, you know, we were going for that Europa League spot, for an example. so um it was very fun to support that team and it wasn't a team that everyone was uh enticed to knowing or like knew a lot about um so uh when people ask me who my favorite soccer team was, I'd say Southampton, and they'd usually be like, "Oh, I mean." haven't heard that one before. So it's usually fun when I can interact with a lot of Southampton uh fans because you don't really see a lot of them where I'm from. So, uh, know, yeah, that's basically how I became a fan.
0: I mean, so you support the team and you live, I think in North Carolina, you said. Yes. Charlotte, North Carolina. And and so is that a big, like, we'll we'll call it football, but is that a big football, you know, place or is there a lot of football around or is it more kind of. Uh, geared towards the American sports. I know you guys have, you know, college basketball is a big thing. I know that, but uh, you know, yeah. what was soccer like or football like for you growing up?
1: So, um, me growing up, like not a lot of people played soccer per se, uh, or football. Um, but, um, the thing is, as I was like, uh, growing up, I feel like more players and more people were becoming more intrigued with the sport because I was talking to my uh, dad about this. Um, He was telling me that, like, absolutely no one was playing soccer because he grew up in not North Carolina, but he grew up in, like, the D.C. area by Maryland. So Mm -hmm. um, it's just, it's, like, eight hours away, so I would say it's pretty close for the most part. But he would tell me that, like, he knew, like, no one that played soccer. So he was seeing our generation, um, he's seeing our generation play soccer, and he was telling me that the problem was that, like him, for an example, couldn't teach me how to play soccer per se because he didn't hadn't had the experience, but hopefully, when I'm like an adult, I'll be able to teach my kids and et cetera how to play soccer. so I feel like with future generations, obviously soccer's become more popular um but in the Carolinas per se, it wouldn't say it's that popular actually. I feel like around the high school level and middle school, maybe college, a lot more people like soccer um instead of like adult per se, because I feel like adults, you obviously have American football and American basketball, which I would say are the most popular here. Um, so I feel like soccer will become bigger in the future, but I just, it's not huge per se right now.
0: Yeah. And I mean, in living where you live, you don't have uh, an MLS team super close. I mean, I, I can't, off the top of my head, I can't tell if it would be Atlanta or Nashville or, or DC United would they're all, they're all probably pretty, pretty far from you. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. So like I said, my, uh, dad was grew up in the DC area. So I like all DC sports when okay. it comes to like Redskins, Wizards, Nationals okay. and then DC United. So I am a DC United fan, but if you like were from North Carolina, I mean, I don't even know who you choose. I mean, I guess Atlanta, that'd be the closest, but Atlanta just became a team. I think, was it 2017? Yeah. Um, so I mean, what are you going to do before then? Who are you going to support? Maybe even Orlando. I mean, that's the case. So, um, I like how they're adding new teams, um, in America. Um, obviously you've seen a lot of teams be developed in MLS. So, um, hoping that maybe Charlotte or North Carolina can get one, or we do have a Charlotte independence team, but it's in the second division of American soccer tier. So if they added in Mm -hmm. relegation and promotion, maybe, you know, maybe they would become a new favorite team.
0: Yeah. Uh, I know there's a, there's a lower division team in Fresno now that's about two and a half hours away from me, maybe three hours. But it, it turns out it's, it's actually a little closer than L.A. just because you don't have to deal with all the traffic. So uh, right. it's actually a guy who lives in Bakersfield. Uh, Dave Lee is a fan um, and one of the patrons of the show. So we, I was texting him last night, we think we're going to try to get to one of those games together this, this oh, nice. season if we can. So it'll be, yeah. be a good time. And uh, they're, they're a brand new team, so it'll be, uh, I think I can support them and not, uh, not feel bad. Um, not, not, not cheating on Houston yet until they get uh, promoted we'll have (laughs) the the decisions to make, but not, not really. I'm a Houston fan. So, um, and I didn't have any family in Houston. I just made poor, poor life choices there. Um, anyway, so let's, uh, I mean, I mean, do you, do you play football? Do you play soccer or what?
1: Yeah. So I do play for my high school team. I also play for a club. I actually do have a game tomorrow. So, um, but uh yeah, I mean, I've been playing soccer I think since I was like six, so it's always just been a
0: part of my life. And what position do you most or play most often?
1: Like early soccer, I was playing a lot of center mid. But the thing is, like a lot of people play center mid and midfield. So now I usually play outside back.
0: Okay, that's me too. That's, oh, nice. Uh, it's 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 definitely my favorite, and it's definitely the position that I I so I, I tend to watch Ryan Bertrand more or Valerie oh, more yeah. or whatever right, just because I, I enjoy that. But um. I will say that I think, I think we've avoided talking about the match as about as long as we can. Right. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I guess, I guess we got to do it. But uh, before I do that, I want to ask you one more thing. I'm going to, I'm going to stall on this as long as I can. Cause I'm, I'm not looking forward to, to, to discussing yeah. it. Like, but what kind of made you decide to start your podcast? I mean, there, there are a lot of podcasts to listen to, uh, but the decision to start and then stick with it, which you guys have done. And I know we're going back to something we already talked about, but what made you decide to, to go with it? And then I guess, has it changed the way you watch sports at all?
1: Yeah. So um, I started making a couple accounts before, like I made the podcast. I also have an Instagram account that goes along with the podcast, but I made a couple Instagram accounts just because I wanted to give my thoughts because there wasn't really a place where I could give my thoughts. I could tell people. But I feel like if I just wrote it on paper and let everyone knew, then like I would be telling everyone what I believe in. Mm-hmm. So um, I never really got huge until obviously September when I was watching some, I can't remember, I think it was a college football game. And I had like a really bold prediction. I can't remember what it was per se. And I was like, I want everyone to know. I don't want to keep it to myself. Like I want people to know exactly what I'm thinking when it comes to sports. So... I was like, I'm going to make an uh, Instagram account. So then I made it. It's obviously called the BSO show if you guys do want to check it out. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do too much self-promotion, but That's fine. It's um, totally fine, man. So then I was like, I can't do this alone though because I've tried it um a couple of times and just hasn't succeeded because when you're starting an account, a couple of times, you just don't have the motivation to really post or even when it comes to podcasting. Some days you're just not really in the mood to talk about a game that happened. Like for example, like, we're both probably not going to want to talk about that Cardiff game today, but like, um, the thing is I was like, I'm going to have to get some help because if I have others helping me out, they could maybe give me some motivation. If there's some days I don't want to post, they can post for me. Um, so then we had started the account and then we were like, let's just get a podcast going. Cause I've always been a fan of podcasting. I've seen others, uh, podcasts before. Um, So I was like, I'll give it a try. And even if we don't get a lot of listeners, it's just something fun to let out my feelings and how I feel about some certain aspects of sports. So um, basically, just that's how it started. I just wanted what people know what I was exactly thinking, because I didn't want to just tell one person. I wanted to tell a bunch of people, because maybe even those people who listen to my stance could agree with me and tell other people, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's a, uh, and it is a big commitment, you know, and it is a time, uh, it's kind of not time sensitive, but it it can take up a lot of time if you, if you, I mean, if you let it, if it, and it's, I tell people all the time, this is my one hobby. This is other than playing and, and that's it. That's all I do. I mean, right? Yeah. and it's, uh, it, it works out perfectly with the time difference. We were talking about that earlier with, uh, usually I can record and stuff during, you know, when, when my family's not around or they're usually when they're asleep, not the case today. So if you hear uh, my daughter's having a sleepover, so if you hear little girls in the background, <laughs> uh, that's what that is. But it, it's, uh, it works out for me and it's a good way um, because there aren't a lot of fans around to, to talk about, talk about that stuff. But I guess at, on that note, we got to kind of go into the match. And so, I mean, looking, I mean, I mean, leading up to the match there, people are already asking the team's going to go away next week um, for some warm weather training. Hassan had 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 spoken in the press conference in, in part two that was released uh, a little bit later on Thursday about his, uh, you know, pro- Maya Ishida probably not coming straight back in. And I, I know that's going to be something we're going to have to discuss today because it was yet more kind of poor defending from our center backs that, that led to the goal. And Stevens was already under some pressure uh, <laughs> from, from yeah. the handball last week. so. Um, when that comes out, when, when the lineup comes out and it's McCarthy, I wasn't necessarily surprised. I didn't think Bertrand would start. Um, I thought, I thought the back five was going to remain, uh, absolutely the same. And then we, we had this, this three-man midfield, which I think Ward Prosser, Mayo and Hoiberg have played well. It's hard to drop uh, any of them. And then we're, we're limited up top, but I mean, looking at the lineup and, and kind of all things considered, were you, were you okay with the team that Hassan Hoodl selected today in the formation and everything else?
1: Honestly, I was actually, um, happy about it so obviously like you said I thought it was going to be target instead of Bertrand on the left but obviously seeing Bertrand back I love seeing him play outside back because that's what I play so I was like having Bertrand back is obviously I love it so I was perfectly found with the back um five and then Ward Prouse, Romeo, Hoiberg you touched on it already I mean it's hard to drop three of them obviously you can't drop Ward Prouse because he's playing Unreal, under Haas and Hulu so um you can't really drop him and then like you said up front we're only so limited so i wasn't surprised to see long and redman up top
0: when when i saw that we were playing essentially a a a 532 or a 352 i was a little i was a little bit disappointed um yeah because you know cardiff are going to sit back you know that it's going to be uh something that we're going to have to kind of break down so we're going to have to break down we're going to need people moving in and out of the lines and you wonder why Armstrong's out there. And then when you notice, he's not even on the bench, you, you it has to be an injury. And it came out has soon an after, injury, correct. You yeah. know, that he, he picked up a, a knock in training. So that, I mean, that, that was, that hurt today, I think, because I think you, you really could have used him. Um, I mean, and I, I wonder if, if he was fit, I doubt it, but I mean, if he's fit, maybe, maybe you have just Redmond and him up, up top, you know, right. Um, instead of, instead of long, because it's, <laughs> You know, nothing against the guy, but he doesn't score. And he was pretty bad today. Today, he did not have no, a No, No, uh,
1: trust game. me. Like, if we get more to long, I'll tell you how much I'm not a fan of him. <laughs> but uh, the thing is, the 5-3-2 you're talking about, I'm or three five two, whatever you want to call it, I'm not a fan of it either. But I wasn't surprised that it happened. I understand he said Cardiff is just going to beat defensive the whole game, which, I mean, I don't blame him for that. But the thing is, we've been playing this formation for so long now. Obviously, we're unbeaten in the new year. So I wasn't surprised that they changed it up because we're not gonna change up something that's working. You know what I mean? Yeah. But obviously when we were under Hughes, that wasn't well we because we lost. We always lost. And then us seeing not losing, like, it almost helped like bring brought a new belief to Southampton fans and I thought that Haws and who just didn't want to risk anything per se. So that was basically why I thought he did it.
0: Yeah, and, and I think that if you look at at the team that we had available, the, the the people that we have available, it's probably the best we can do. And, yeah. and I think that means that we have issues, you know, that we don't have anybody in the team that is going to break teams down. We don't have that creative kind of player that can unlock teams. We are relying so much on, on Redmond right now. And it's crazy. And, and James Ward Prowse is kind of, you know, being kind of revitalized mm-hmm. and, that that's asking a lot. You can't, you can't expect performances like the last couple of weeks from either of those two um, all the time. It, it just, they haven't shown that to be their normal and maybe they will get there and maybe they are there, but uh, I, I don't think we can expect that. But, um, you know, so I, I would prefer us to play a three, four, three, but with Armstrong out and everything else, I think that's, and, and how well the midfield is played. I think it was uh, probably the right thing, even, even though in the moment I wasn't necessarily that happy. Um <laughs> And I don't know if you were watching today and you had the the same commentary I did, but they, they tended, they kept mentioning how defensive Valerie was. And uh, my guest last week said it, but it, I was thinking about it. Like, I don't really see him as being that defensive. I thought last time we played against Cardiff, we played in a back four and he was exposed uh, kind of all game, you know? And then I think he does better as a wing back when he has the extra cover and he's, right at a lot of times very far forward and very high up the pitch. And I think that's where he's better, but uh, I was interested to get your thoughts on, on him specifically and in in the system.
1: Yeah. um, Obviously Valerie, just a very young player. So um, he's going to make mistakes. I mean, from every young player, you're going to see that. So if he does become too defensive, whatever you want to call it. I mean, I understand the mistakes now that you say, like, I understand um, why the commentaries want to say he was too defensive, but I definitely agree with you. Um, I love seeing Valerie like, have the freedom to go up the sideline because I feel like he's such a young player and he wants that explosiveness, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. So yeah. um, I feel like that's where he's key. Like with Bertrand, I don't think Bertrand has that much explosiveness like Valerie does per se.
0: Yeah, I, I thought today that we had a couple of times where Valerie, I mean, we'll get to, to it because it was late on in the, in the match, but he's a... Uh, I mean, I think he, I think he did, a, he does a really good job in that wingback system. I'm not ever yes. as impressed um, with the uh, with him in a back four, but that's that's me. And and I think you know we, we talk about us us winning games and stuff like that. And and Hasan went back uh, early on when he was in the team. I might have been during the transfer window where he said, you know, with with five at the back, we are better defensively, um, and, but we don't have enough going forward. And then if you if you if you flip that and you play a back four we're not solid. You almost every single time that we've gone to a back four in a match, I think we've scored, but we've also conceded. Right. Know? Yeah. Um, and so it just turns into us uh, kind of being a player short. And I think that's what everybody said in the transfer window was we, we missed an opportunity to bring in an attacker and an injury to Ings. And now we're, we're looking at uh, you know, it's either Austin or long for 65, at least 70 minutes. And then, and then the other, you know, and maybe Sam Gallagher and, you right. don't know if he's going to get a chance to play uh, a, a full match but um i mean man the the first half there was not a whole lot going on no, it's it we we played the ball around nicely we passed it nicely but i mean were there any any moments there that that kind of stood out to you as being kind of noteworthy
1: i mean not any particular Um, I know early we did have that really good chance when Valerie was on the run and then Bertrand put in that cross uh, and then it was corner or whatever. But um, I feel like that was basically it per se. I mean, obviously it was a 0-0 first half. There wasn't really any moments that caught my eye. I'm not going to lie. I was watching the match, but I wasn't like full on paying attention that first half. A couple of times I would check my phone or whatever just because it wasn't eye-catching that first half. So, um, was there were there any big moments for you that you would mention?
0: I think the only real chance that we created was about 17 minutes in. Uh, somebody played the ball. I think it was Heiberg played the ball long to, to Redmond, who ran onto it, and the goalkeeper, uh, Etheridge, started to come, and then he kind of retreated, and Redmond was able to cut it inside, and then he just pulled a shot. You know, he pulled right. it uh, yeah. well, well wide. But, I don't know, I thought that uh, one of the things that I noticed was Stevens playing in that center back role and that central center back role in the, in the three, he, he had some freedom to go forward today. And, uh, somebody in one of the, the, uh, one of the text message threads or whatever said, you know, is Stevens playing defensive midfield? And it almost looked like he was when we right. were in possession, yeah. you know, and because we had the ball so much, we were kind of, he was in that role a lot and I thought it was good. I thought, I, I thought he took space very well. Um, but it just came down to nothing. It seemed like every time we got the ball close, uh, the, you know, either crosses were off or we just took too long or we, we just lost the ball. And I don't know, it wasn't, it wasn't great, it, you know? And, and I think there was, there was one minute moment where Harry Arter stepped on Rebman's foot and, and Rebman gave the ball away, but it was, I mean, it should have been a foul on Arder, but it didn't get picked up, but, yeah. but uh, I don't know. No, it, to be honest, no, there was, there wasn't a whole lot other than I thought, Steven's role today was a little bit different and I thought that maybe it had to do with the fact that we were playing against Cardiff where we were going to have to push forward and that allowed uh James Ward-Prowse and and Hoiberg to to kind of uh, push forward a little bit more and, and then allowed Romeo a lot even a few just a few extra yards to to kind of hold the ball in but it, it just didn't materialize it didn't come to anything and uh I don't know. I that I mean. I think that sums up the first half for me, anyway.
1: Yeah. So I don't know if we're gonna talk about the waiter on the podcast, but do you think that Stevens should be starting next match, or would you maybe have to put Yoshida there now that he's
0: back? Um, I think we'll come to it. Um, anything. I mean, anything from the first half that I can remember. I don't think the corners are particularly great. Uh, I don't think. I don't know if we had a shot on target. Maybe one. Uh, I can't. I can't remember at that point. Uh, I just know that I was kind of counting them as we were going through, and it wasn't very many. Um, yeah, so three shots for us, uh, or three shots total uh, in the entire first half for both teams: two for us, one for them, one on target for us, zero for them. So that's. I mean, that's not great. It wasn't great football to watch. There's a reason it was on NBC Sports Gold, probably, uh, and not the uh, the the they didn't want to broadcast this as, as the world's best football match. But it. it I don't know. Maybe. I think it was just nerves, maybe. Maybe the fact that they were at home. Maybe the fact that, you know, it is such a big game, but you would just kind of expect that it's just such a big game. Go out and and play. Go out and express yourself. Make sure you you put the other team on the back foot. And even though we had the ball, I wouldn't say that uh, Cardiff were overly nervous at times. I think they were pretty comfortable. Yeah, I would agree with that. But yeah, going into halftime, I think it's hard to to bring very many positives into it. It's hard to imagine... Uh, or think that we really played well, even though we had the ball. And I think it's become a a pretty clear method of play that we play better with, without the ball. When, when teams want to come at us, and we can counterattack and, and kind of put them on their heels that way, I think we are much better with it. than when, and when we get more and more possession, we tend not to do anything with it. And it's kind of goes all the way back to what it was like under Claude Puel, where you can have the ball for 60% of the time or 55% of the time or whatever it is, but it's what you do with it when you have it. Whereas sometimes with Hassan Hoodle, we've had the ball as little as, as 30, 35% and, and we've won or we, we've gotten a draw or we've, you know, at least created opportunities. And we just didn't have it today. It looks slow. We look sluggish. We looked uh, a little bit sloppy.
1: Yeah. And something I want to add to that, I feel like this is honestly weird, but like, I feel like when we do have that 60 to 65% of possession, um, we work really well getting the ball out, going to the midfield. But when we're in that final third, I'm just not convinced. But I feel like when we're on the counterattack, it opens up a lot more space for the strikers to just run on through because obviously everyone's pushed up. So I feel like when we counterattack, obviously Ralph Haasen, even at RB Lipstick has always been a fan of the counterattack. So you made a great point. I feel like Southampton are a much better team when counterattacking out instead of just building up the play, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I don't know if it's if, if that's I don't know how you how you fix that. I don't know if it's if it's players, if it's if it's uh, you just have to have a, a little bit more time on the training ground. I don't I don't really think it's that. I think that maybe just the 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 style of player that we have and kind of the the way we've been playing football for so long now under the past couple of managers that it's just not it's just not conducive to to really breaking teams down and doing that. So it's going to be difficult uh for for us to kind of get out of it because teams are gonna realize that if you just give us the ball and defend and stay organized, that you're probably gonna have a pretty good shot of 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 at least taking a point away from us, you know? Right. Um going into the second half, I think the best chance we had early on was Valerie. Uh, going forward, we kind of talked about this earlier, but um in the in the 53rd or 54th minute he kind of goes forward, he kind of takes on a defender. Uh, and he just happens to get his shot right down the throat of of Etheridge, so uh, nothing comes from it. But uh, I would say I was really impressed with him, and I think he did it um, again a little bit later on once we were down as well.
1: Yeah, um, I've always been a fan of Cedric, but I feel like Valerie, obviously being at that young age, he's only going to get better, and I feel like you have to add in, you can't just be the same like, you can't just have the same players when he did, obviously, with Pellegrino and Hughes. And bringing in Valerie, obviously, he's a new player. And I think you talked about this on the last podcast. Um, you're saying it was almost like these young players from the academy almost felt like a transfer window, obviously, because we're not – us fans, were not exposed to them. So, I feel like seeing Valerie all, like, play every match is obviously great for him, and it's great for us fans, seeing that we have a little bit of promise in him. But, yeah, I mean, I loved – what Valerie's done for us so far, and I know I just said this, but the way he can uh, go forward with the ball, it's just incredible to me, and I love it.
0: Yeah, and and we'll get to his other kind of chance that he created uh, right after we talk about their goal, because with about twenty two ish minutes left to go, um, they have a corner. I think it was their first one, and they, you know, they they put it into the box. It's a striker uh, or somebody getting to the ball over. I believe it's Vestergaard. He uh, and Hoyberg he uh, does it, and then Romeo loses uh, Bamba at the back post, who just redirects it past McCarthy. So it's it's textbook stuff. It's it doesn't matter if you play man if you are man marking or you are playing zonal marking or whatever it is. You have to attack the ball. Uh, you have to be responsible for your man, and those are the kind of type of things that when we controlled the game to the to the level that we did today, that you you just give them a lifeline. You give them essentially um, the opportunity to go do what they've been doing all day, which is defend and and really, you know, say, come break us down. And we can't,
1: I feel like with that goal, it was just honestly a very unfortunate event. I wouldn't blame anyone or even our team uh, particular. It was just one of those things where I feel like you're just going to have a goal like that. If it's maybe every game or every two games, it's just, it was a very unfortunate event. So I feel like, um, there wasn't a place to really blame there. Uh, I mean, obviously maybe you could get a clearance out of that. Um, you need to defend better on corners, but I feel like I want it. That's not the goal. Obviously I'm going to get most upset with as We all know it's the last one. I'll talk about that later, but I feel like that wasn't one that a lot of, I mean, maybe a lot of fans can be upset with, but I feel like we can't really blame someone in particular for that goal. It was just an unlucky uh, occurrence.
0: Yeah. Then, it kind of next moment that that jumps out is is Valerie again running, and I don't know. You could make the argument that perhaps Valerie was our best offensive player today, um, just simply in terms of chances right. created. I mean, he runs, uh, not down the the right sideline. He I mean, kind of cuts inside and winds up getting a shot away that's deflected, and then both Austin and Eli Nusi have a chance to uh, to do it in Cardiff or just throwing their body in the way, and they manage to deflect it out. Uh, yeah. It comes to a corner, which we had eight of, and we were kind of unable to. Uh, do a whole lot, but this, so, I mean, we're just going to jump all the way into, to stoppage time. And, and at this point, I think we haven't created a, a whole lot of chances from, from, from open play in the last 20 minutes after going down. Some substitutions have been made. Uh If you look at who came in, I, I don't really think there's anything you can, you can say about it. I think Vestergaard tends to be the center back that gets brought off. Um If we go to a back four and I don't know. So it, it you go into stoppage time and I, and I think that maybe the crowd is maybe picked up a little bit because it's, it's uh five minutes. We have five more minutes, five, uh, five minutes to try to change the game and get back into it. And uh, I don't know that word process delivery was probably the best one he had from a corner all day. I would say. Yeah,
1: I would agree with that.
0: And I'm not even sure anybody gets a touch on it on the way through. And, and...
1: it does, it is uh it's a head on. I can't remember who, and then the head goes to the back post with Stevens finishing it off.
0: Okay. So maybe it's, I think it's Austin at the front. Um, yeah. Well, I just wasn't sure if he actually got a piece of it or not, but uh, anyway, Stevens just completely unmarked there and, and puts it away. And then I hadn't even finished writing the tweet that says, you know, here we go. I haven't even finished putting in the notes for the show. And, and then Cardiff are going right back down the other way. And you just, I mean, you talk about just a wild swing of emotion because being, you know, it's pretty down. Uh, when we go into salvage time down a goal to just complete uh, kind of jubilation and almost a sense of relief, even though it's only a draw at that point, it's not really enough for us um, to, to go in, you know, to what happens next. And I guess I'll just let you uh, talk about it there for a second.
1: Obviously our team and a lot of fans wanted to win from this wanted to get three points. Obviously it was a very important game against a relegation rival Cardiff. Um, but with the occurrence of the game, I mean, I was going to be so happy with a draw. I mean, you're honestly supporting hasenhuhl and hasn't gone, beat, hasn't been beat in 2019. And you're just hoping that it can happen. And then um, it just, I mean, they're, like you said, they're just immediately on the other end. And then well, a strange occurrence happens when the, I think, was it Stevens lost the ball? And then they put in like a cross. And then from that 18, and then, you know, it's a goal from that, but... Um, I mean, it was just a very tough loss. Now that we're uh, in relegation zone, I mean, what can we really do? I mean, I know Newcastle's in 17th, but they still have a game to play on. Was it tomorrow or Monday? I'm not, I think it's Monday. So, um, I mean, obviously it hurts. I know Haasenhulten said after the game, uh, it's going to be a lot tougher, which it is. So we're just going to have to see what happens now. I mean, anything you want to say particularly about like, uh, points I mean obviously we lost um uh major points there can have gone three even one which would help so uh anything else you want to add on with the occurrence of the game
0: yeah I mean just thinking about the the goal and I think this is more this is more like some of the goals we've conceded late on in recent times I guess and it's I mean I I don't I'm not sure I mean the header benerax header doesn't doesn't get it clear enough, but you can't right. blame it there. And then the deflection off of Stevens, and then like that shot. Like I just wanted that shot to go wide, come off <sighs> the post, let McCarthy I pick know. it up, or hit the post and go wide. And it just kind of trickles in, and it seemed to happen in slow motion when it did. Uh, exactly. That's exactly how I was feeling. Watching the replay though, it, I mean, it's not as slow as I thought, <laughs> but it. I mean, it was deflating. It was. It was everything I could do. I, mean, I told you before. I, I kind of. I was putting on my 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 cleats as getting ready to go to uh to my game as it happened and I just I just threw it at the wall like I was just so pissed but it's uh I don't know it, it that that one hurt because it was it was like you mentioned it was a big game it was a game that we definitely needed the points from and it was definitely one that we would have thought coming into it that everybody knows how important this is this this shouldn't be an issue you know yeah. uh, getting up for this game shouldn't be an issue and I don't think we were up for it until they scored.
1: Yeah. I, I feel like that's been something that's been happening with our season, our team all season long. I feel like um, our team, it just gets us a, it's just a long time until we're into the game. And you can't really blame Haas and Hootland for that because I mean, he's already done so much. So it's got to come from the players and there's only so much that obviously like I just said, the coaching staff can do so you have to be able to play for the whole 90 minutes. You can't just get ready to play because of a goal. And that Cardiff goal was just, I mean, stupid. I mean, like, there were chances, I feel like, with obviously we talked about Valerie, obviously making some great offensive runs. I feel like you need to have more of that. You need to be more explosive when you're in the final third. You need to want to finish at the goal.
0: Yeah, we need, we need you need to be have people who are willing to to be aggressive in that situation. And, and it, it looked a couple of times where the ball fell too long uh, and, and he couldn't get a shot away or it fell to Hoiberg who was looking to maybe lay it off to somebody instead of being, um, instead of willing, being willing to shoot. And that's not necessarily uh, what's made us good. I think so if you look at a lot of the shots we've had, it's it's guys taking a touch and and getting it out of their feet and, and, and having a, having a shot. And I think that's, worked a lot better for us, but then again, that's usually with us running forward or the ball bouncing, um, you know, forward for us. And and this today we were kind of with our, I guess a lot of our forward players were getting the ball with their backs to goal and not having space to run into. And I think that, um, is something that we really, really struggle with.
1: The one thing I do want to add though, before we move on to the next thing is, uh, Stevens. So, um, the clearance that he had when he was on the right side, Um, I think it's so unacceptable. I'm going to go on a little bit of rant here. So, Stevens, obviously, a lot of people are upset with him. And I'm going to cut him some slack because Stevens, obviously, we've been... We don't have a lot of depth on the Southampton team. So, I appreciate, obviously, Stevens coming in because Yoshida, obviously, was uh, with his international team. But in that case, you just can't get the ball away so easily. You just have to do everything you can to just clear that ball. I understand that you're gonna make a mistake maybe even just kick it out of bounds but you, the one thing you can't have is just pass it to the other team it was just when I saw it happen like I was like obviously they're bringing the a little bit of press now and I was like it just can't happen if they score I'm obviously gonna be very upset they did and obviously my first reaction was Stevens which I know that's wrong of me to blame one person but I feel like in that situation Stevens can't give the ball away that easily
0: no he definitely can't and it upsets me only because there were a lot of fans on his back last week. And I think that he, for a moment today redeemed himself. He, he played very, very well. I thought in that role in the center of a back three, he did well to score the goal. He, I mean, he was pretty impressive. And then it's just that, that one mistake that, we can't, we're not good enough to overcome. Um, right. I think that's it is, is our team cannot afford to make a mistake because we can't, um, we just can't afford to, to do it. We, we, we don't have the quality to, to come back and, and uh, make sure that we, we can, we can climb out of games. Just like we don't have the the ability to make sure that we, I don't know, man. It's just it's frustrating because I want him to do well, you know. Right. Yeah. Um. I, I guess that that's what it is. Is I want him to do well. He gets the goal today. He plays well in the center of the back three, even though people were upset that he was even on in, in the squad. I think because I think they wanted Yoshida back in. Um. And then he he goes and does that, and it just kind of undoes what um you know any progress that he would have made, and. You know, maybe we needed to make a defensive signing in the window as as well as a as a forward signing, but we didn't do anything, and so it leaves us in a kind of a weird spot now. Because what are we going to do? I mean, you can't you can't legislate for that kind of stuff. You can't you can't plan for it, and unfortunately, we're just not good enough to to overcome it. I guess, and it's just I don't know. I'm I am beyond frustrated with it right now, and I think I'm probably not alone in that.
1: Right. Yeah. The one thing I do also want to say is I feel like us fans and this doesn't have to go for this doesn't have to just go for Southampton and go for any sport in particular. But um, we always find a person or player to blame for something. If you want to look back, it was Hughes, for an example. And that's where a lot of people go to. They think of the coach because they're like, the team's not playing. Well, obviously, the coach is in charge of that. Right now, obviously, a lot of fans are happy with Hodgson, as they should be. I love him as a manager. So they have to find someone to find the blame. And right now, I feel like that's Jack Stevens, for an example. Obviously, people were very upset with him last week. And then this week, obviously, with that clearance, like I just said, he did get the goal. But are people going to be happy about his goal or are they going to be mad about his clearance? And they're probably going to be mad about how he played in that last 30 seconds. So I feel like it is unfair to give a lot of grief to Jack Stevens. And I, but I understand why people are doing it.
0: Yeah. And, and I think you bring up a, a really good point is we, we have to have a scapegoat. There has to be somebody, somebody has to have a mistake, you know, or somebody has to be responsible for, for, and in this case, I think it is, it is Stevens for giving that ball away. And, but he, he doesn't, he's not responsible for the team not scoring before this. He's not responsible for not breaking down the team. He's not responsible because we didn't make a signing early in the transfer window or in the transfer window at all that would have improved the team and given us what we need you know and right. and so yeah you can point at him but he's there doing the absolute best that he can and
1: it's very frustrating
0: yeah it, absolutely and it's just it's just you know i think you and i uh, and everybody else probably gets away with making mistakes every single day and right. it just happens that his happen on the pitch in the in the closing minutes of the game where everything's under a microscope and people want to blast him for it. And I, I'd put that today uh, on the whole team because we had, we had, uh, what was it? 67% of the possession and we couldn't do anything with it. And that's yeah, not on Stevens, 67%. you know, 67%. But I mean, yeah. the, the result leaves us essentially in the relegate or not essentially the result leaves us in the relegation zone. Um, and it, it's going to be tough to get back. We, we just went through a run of games where we would have expected more points than we got. Um, and so even going unbeaten, you go and beaten against the teams around you and then they get wins when they're not playing against you and you fall further and further behind. And it's a, uh, our goal difference isn't great and it's just going to be, it's going to be a, t- a tough sled ahead. And some people were already saying, you know, they thought we we're going to go down. I'm not there. I'm not there. I don't think we're going down. No,
1: I, I don't think so at all.
0: Um, and, but I mean, you have Arsenal coming ahead, up, you have uh, a midweek, then United Tottenham and you, You would think that we would be, you know, having uh, that's a tougher run of games than it is. But you also look at how we've played against some of these bigger teams, and you would think, well, maybe this is the type of game that we need to play.
1: Yeah, they make a good point. The problem is, though, um, we play Arsenal in 15 days and two weeks. Like, this is just going to moan over me, this Vasta for two weeks. You know what I mean? And what I'm hoping, though, is maybe the Southampton players are going to just. Go all out against Arsenal because of how much frustration they had from this Cardiff team. So maybe, like I feel, obviously we've beaten Arsenal this year, so the players know that they can beat this team. It's just it's just gonna come down to can we do it at the end of the day?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but let's do this now. Let's we we have some questions, and so let's let's spend some time uh, kind of looking at those. And we have a question from patreon.com. Uh, the patrons of the show get priority for having their questions answered. And Kevin McGee is, um, come in and said, it says, if we don't win, uh, we learn. That was one of the quotes that, uh, Ralph Hassenhutl said in his opening press conference or his first, his first press conference. And I, I think it was his first press conference. I don't know. I I've stolen it and put it in the show intro. So anyway, uh, it's there. And, what has Ralph learned from today? Is his is his question, and and what reaction should we expect from the team? And that's a, I thought it was a really good question from Kevin. So thanks for sending that in as well. And if people are interested in in doing that, they can they can head on over to patreoncom SFC delivery and uh, check out the the tiers and everything that that you can get if you decide to support the show that way. Um, you were Ralph Hassan when you were looking at that game. Um, as disappointed as we all are, what what do you take away from there in terms of um, something you can build from, I guess?
1: I, uh, well, one thing we did uh, talked about a lot was maybe you have to start Yoshida instead of Stevens. Maybe that's something you've learned and you have to make an adjustment there. One thing um, maybe Ralph has also learned is maybe the five in the back is just not going to work. I know he said um, earlier that if you have five in the back, we can't score. If you have four in the back, we can seed. And I definitely understand that. But at the end of the day, we've been playing five in the back lately. And I know we haven't won, per se, but we haven't lost. We've gone unbeaten. Um, This just hurt, though. And seeing this awful performance, maybe you have to realize that you have to maybe go four in the back. At the same time, though, we haven't lost, though. So why not switch it up? Obviously, we did lose today, but except for today. um, So why change it up so much? But, um, you know, there's just a lot of questions to be asked. Um, maybe you try out some new players in the team. Uh, obviously, we got a couple of players coming back from loan. So maybe test those players out. But I mean, there's obviously going to be a lot to learn from this next uh, three months coming up in the last, rest of the season. So it'll be interesting to see what happens.
0: I think we have to learn how to play against teams who are not going to come after us. You know, uh, Cardiff were... This game was always going to be tough simply because we just don't have that creative player in our team that can break a team down, you know? Yeah. Um, And, and it was just mostly going to be about, can we unlock them? And then when it got to the point where it should have been more in our favor, where the game became slightly more open, where they were ahead, we scored, they came after us at that point, which is they, they needed that win, right? They needed these points way or even more so than we did. And when they came after us, that should have been to our advantage. And yet that's when we let it slip. And that's, I think to me, what is frustrating. And so I think for me, we're going to have to, you're going to have to figure out a, a, a something up front that allows you to, to better break down teams and whether it's, it's, it's playing a, another striker, whether it's not, I mean, today's just not the game for long to play. Honestly, it's, yeah. I don't care if Austin isn't in the long-term plan, um, so much as today's the day you probably use him um in the box um back to goal um that that's where he's best he's much better than long is in that situation and long had so many kind of one touch layoffs that were just awful and and I'm not usually one to to criticize players like that but there were so many times today where he he had his back to goal and he went to to, to hold the ball up. and he is strong and he he does a relatively good job if it's around the halfway line um, but around the edge of the area, when he was making these layoffs, it was just, he was just giving the ball away and you know, we just squandered possession and chance and everything else. And it just didn't work. All right. So we have some other questions from Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, which are all places you can submit your questions. Just look for, uh, the posts that ask for them or send them in anytime. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Uh, Caroline Emerson, who's at soft Sally saints says, Ralph has done well so far. But today just show, has shown the vulnerabilities we still have. I feel that the main issue is still the, of belief in their own abilities, which has been an issue for some time now. How can Ralph help them overcome this major hurdle?
1: I mean, very tough question to answer. I mean, obviously, we've been lacking, I feel like, a lot of confidence. Obviously, we're not the best team in the Premier League, and we're not going to be for a long time. Um, but the thing I have to say is, I feel like there needs to be something that gets players almost fired up. So for an example, um, when Halston Hulman came in, obviously we were playing well, obviously being under a new manager can help. It doesn't, even if they still have the same ideas of being a manager, just having a new face in the locker room could help you a lot. And it could just be for anything, having something that gets you just motivated. And I feel like there needs to be something that gets this team fired up because obviously against Cardiff today, we weren't ready to play and that was a huge issue. So, um, I feel like we need to have something that will spark an energy because it looked like today the players just weren't ready to play. They weren't confident in themselves. So I feel like there needs to be something like that.
0: All right. I mean, he, t- he talked about having videos for play- people to watch in terms of what they've done well and what they've done poorly. Um, and I hope those videos get longer after today um, because there are some things to, to improve on, but I think we definitely want to see more driving forward and, in and, when teams give you space and they have that open space for it to not be so timid and to take it, and if you make a mistake, I mean, you just look at the difference that Redmond's had this year, um especially under Hassan hoodle, where he takes all of the space that he's given when he gets the ball, he turns and he looks to run at people and make them like force them to make a challenge, you know, and we don't have enough people who are willing to, to do that and as as much as a lot of the players have come along, i mean you look at James Ward prowes, you look at Redmond. Um, they come to mind, especially uh, you look at what Valerie's been, just been given the chance to do and they've all benefited from, from Hassan Hudel coming in. And I I do think though, that there are, there is still kind of the, the after effects of when, when passes aren't there and things like that, the, the guys get frustrated pretty quickly. It, it, and it And I'm not sure what the coach can do other than keep giving them Chances to 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 try to play their way out of it. To try to figure something out. And I I'm, I don't think that's the answer. I think there has to be something there. And I hope Noodle has that answer. Because I don't. But anyway. Um, Kieran Oliver on Instagram says. He's at K1ERAN0LIVER underscore. Um, he says, do you think we will stay up this season? And do you reckon we will beat Arsenal next week?
1: So I do think we're going to stay up. Obviously we are had a chance to maybe even go 14th or 15th. If we would have gotten all three points, but unfortunately we dropped points and now we're at the 18th spot. Um, I feel like obviously a lot of people are gonna say the Southampton team has not been well for the last couple uh last year and this year. And I mean, you have reasons to say that, but just look at Fulham and Huddersfield. I think we can both agree. I don't know if you agree, hopefully you agree that those two are most likely gonna get relegated. And I feel like if you look at Southampton, Newcastle, Cardiff, and Burnley, even Brighton and Crystal Palace, all of us, all of us are within three points. And I feel like with Hosuhu now in charge, I feel like he's going to find a way even to just get us escaped from relegation. I feel like we have two, we have quality players that we're not going to be a championship level team. I feel like we still are a Premier League level team. And uh, I am obviously a little bit worried that we're in relegation zone right now. But I feel like by the time the season ends, we don't have to worry about that. And then with the Arsenal game coming up next week, obviously it's going to be a tough one. Um, it's, uh, we already beat them in the uh, season, first half of the season, which was huge for us. Um, so I'm hoping that we can uh, do it again. The only problem is this one's at Emirates. Uh, Emirates is obviously uh, going to be tougher to play than when we're home at St. Mary's. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But, uh, I mean, if we can get a draw, I'd honestly be very happy. Three points, I'd be ecstatic. But uh, it's going to be a very tough one, to say
0: the least. And we have one more question here from from Instagram, from Cameron Andrade, who I believe is one of the co-hosts of the show that you yes, run. Yes, he is. Uh, so he says, what do you guys think? If you haven't heard the little girls until now, they're definitely here. Uh, he says, what do you guys think you have to do to make that top seven to 10 spot permanent for the times to come? So uh, I don't know who he supports, but whoever it is, I wish them. He nothing. is actually
1: an Arsenal fan.
0: Well, I wish them nothing, but ill will. And some of my best friends are Arsenal fans, but we don't have to talk about that. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I guess this is looking kind of long-term, but, but from, from your perspective, what needs to change at the club in terms of making us a, a it's just a permanent top half team.
1: So I feel like you've probably heard this before, I've heard it before. And this could be a very cliche thing to say, but I feel like it has to come from the transfer window. Um, I love how we're developing young players because, like you said, for the future, those young players can be exposed to Premier League minutes. Time goes on, they get obviously a lot better. But the thing is, obviously, right now, our defense and our, our goal scoring is not where it wants to be. If we want to be a top 7 to 10 team like we were um, with Claude Puel, obviously we got the 8th spot. Um, it comes to the transfer window, in my opinion. We have to be signing someone who will help us out a lot because, um, I mean, you look at other teams and they're just doing a lot in the transfer window. What did we do in the January transfer window? Absolutely nothing. We got rid of players. We didn't bring in anyone. And what makes me so upset is um, when we, for example, sell Van Dyke. Obviously 70 million, $75 million for him was a lot of money so what did we do with that 75 million that's the real question why can't we buy a center back to replace them even if it's for 30 million why can't we get a striker up top who's going to get us more goals obviously we got danny ings who has shown that he can score but the problem is injuries but i'm still a fan of danny ings um why can't we spend more of that money that we're getting because we do produce very good players um so I think that if we want to be a 7 to 10 spot it has to come for the transfer window. We have to invest in very young players who can make a promise in the Southampton FC team.
0: Yeah, I think I think we definitely have to change maybe the philosophy of the team and the owners uh for the last several years have always allowed any of the money that the team has made to be spent um but the investment in the squad is not there. And I mean we're talking just way more money than I think most of us will ever deal with but the a lot of that money though comes from the collective uh a lot of it comes from the tv broadcast deal but it also comes from a lot of the people that are going to matches day in and day out and so i mean yes most of the fans that that are watching and that are are attending the matches are not uh, and and watching around the world we're, we're we're not anywhere near the the level of being able to say like put some money into the into the squad but uh, the people who own premier league clubs generally do have that at their disposal. And the fact that they're not kind of turning and choosing not to do that is, is beyond frustrating for a lot of the people who spend uh, their hard earned money each, each day or each week uh, to go see the team. And so um, I saw a comment on Twitter. I I, I forget who said it, but you know, do we just have, you know, essentially like a, an East Asian Mike Ashley, just somebody who's not going to invest in the squad. And that's a, that's a pretty damning statement, I think, but, one that is, is valid because there there hasn't been the investment that I think we need. So um I think just a, a philosophical change will have to come uh if we're going to to make that, that seven or ten to seven spot kind of permanent, I think. And and I'm not sure that uh the only thing that I'm worried about in, in answering that question is that that we somehow feel like we are I guess entitled to that or that's where we should be. And I always want to think of my team as somebody who who should be up there. But I think there are a lot of fans who have been listening and watching, uh, the team for a very long time who have gone through, you know, relegation battle after relegation battle after relegation battle, and then had a season where, you know, they got to the FA cup final or they got to, uh, you know, they went down, uh, they were, they were relegated and then they won and then they come back and they, they won the JPT trophy and all this stuff. And I think they've been through it, um, more so than, than I have. And so I don't want to assume that we get to be seven to 10 because that's where I think we should be. But, that's uh, I think it's definitely where we want to be and it's where we all aspire to be. Um, yeah. But I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's going to happen for uh, a couple of seasons as much as Ralph has done great. You know, I mean, I think when I was looking at kind of the points that he was putting together uh, a, a point and a half per game on average will, will, you know, would would have seen us finish much higher up the table than than we would have last year. And so but even that, I mean, we're just kind of we basically tread water uh, since we, since he, he took over from Hughes because, um, uh, the teams around us are doing the same thing. So it's, uh, I don't know. It's not, it doesn't leave us in a great spot, but you have been fantastic, Kurt. I, I really appreciate you coming on the show and, uh, and, and talking with me about this and hopefully it's gone okay for you. I know it's getting a little later over there on the East coast. I still have some sunshine. I'm not sure about you, but, um, well, once again, why don't you just tell everybody where they can find you and your show, and then uh, we'll wrap this up.
1: Yes, yeah, so um, I do, like I said, have my own podcast. It's called the BSO Podcast. Um, the main platforms you can find it on is uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You can also find it on Anchor or Spotify. Those are the four main ones that you can find it. Um, if you want to follow our Instagram or Twitter account is at the BSO Show. T H E B S O then S H O W. So um, it's pretty much my podcast. We go through all sports. It doesn't. It's not just soccer, even though we do go over soccer, soccer, basketball, football, just etc. And so, uh, if you want to check us out, make sure that uh, um, follow us on Instagram and check out our podcast.
0: Yeah, do you guys record an episode today or tomorrow or when when you
1: guys? do Yes, yeah, so week? um, we recorded one today, but it will be published tomorrow. So okay. if you're interested, make sure uh, which is Sunday. February 10th. So make sure
0: you guys do check that out. Oh, of for, so when they hear this, it'll be published on Sunday. So I've right. Yeah. Yeah. The, the space time continuum thing, uh, all good. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Kurt, you've been fantastic. Uh, so thank you so much for, for joining the show and we'll talk to you next time. Yeah.
1: So thank you again very much for having me on. Always a blast to hear your podcast and what you got to say. I appreciate
0: that. That does it for this episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you've enjoyed it. Special thanks this week goes out to Kurt Zottle. You can find him on Twitter at Kurt Zodl and his podcast, The BSO Show, on Twitter and Instagram at The BSO Show. You can get a hold of this show at SFC D-E-L-L underscore I-V-E-R-Y on Twitter and Instagram. We're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash SFC delivery. There is no underscore in the Facebook address. And of course, the new way to get a hold of the show is right on the website, southamptondelivery.com. Um, once again, be sure to sign up for the email newsletter uh, that will put some some articles and everything else uh, directly in your inbox once a week. And hopefully you enjoy that. If you haven't already subscribed to the show, be sure to do that on iTunes, Stitcher, Acast, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can even listen to the show directly on the website. Can you tell them I'm excited? I'm excited. Anyway, um, if you'd like to support the show, you can do that at patreon.com forward SFC delivery. You'll get access to a private members only chat with me and other Patreon supporters, as well as access to exclusive content only available to members. In addition to Patreon supporters, this show is made possible by Matt Beeling of the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. He does the artwork and the logo for the show, uh, as well as the Southampton page uh, for all your Southampton FC news and needs. Jay and the rest of the team do a great job of bringing you the news uh, each and every day. All music for the show comes courtesy of the Free Music Archive at freemusicarchive.org. The intro song is Epic Song by Boxcat Games. And the end of show credits that you're listening to right now is Aim is True by Pottington Bear. Uh, Saints are off to Tenerife, but we will be back next week. Looking forward to it, as I hope you are too. And until then, remember that together, we march on. Girls, are you ready? To so go to Nona's and see the dog? Yeah. All right, let's go.